Days. Tan Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. show. I am Mama Mac, and here in the studio with me is the famous Dr. Angel Falzoni. How are you? I am well. Can you believe it's <laughs> February already? No, it's Groundhog Day, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I don't so. know. Did he see a shadow? I, I don't know. We have palm yes, trees. he did. He did. Six weeks. <laughs> of what? Winter. Winter. Mm, okay. Too bad. All Maybe right. not here in Florida. But. I doubt very much if it's going to be, yeah, that way for us, but... Okay. All right. Well, anyway, it's good to good to be on the show tonight. Well, this is a special night. It is a special night. We are doing our once and a quarter questions and answers show. Oh my gosh, doctor. I mean, we appreciate all the response out there, folks. Send in your questions. We don't care how bizarre or interesting they are. <laughs> no, we definitely have some interesting ones and you know, keep sending them in because we love answering your questions. And we have pages of them tonight. We'll get through as many as we can. But yes, the way to do that is to send an email. Best way to go. Goyard2014 at gmail.com. Goyard2014 at gmail.com. Best way to make that happen. Um, also, you can always text even during the show because I've got my phone right here. And it is 888 Let's get it right. 727-888-4171. All right. One more time because I had it wrong first. 727-888-4171 if you want to text a question or a comment during the show. And so, Dr. Angel, um, what's Go Yard all about before we start these questions here? Why are we doing this? Go Yard is all about hitting those home runs in life. You know, we get up and strike out or bunt that ball and we're just not living life the best potential we could sometimes and we get stuck in ruts and go yard is to help us get unstuck right and to really slam this thing out of the park absolutely so it's a life coaching show and our goal is to help you with great ideas on tackling the problems that you have 
that we each have in our lives. So we're going to get right to it tonight, and I'm going to read this first question, and Dr. You're going to answer it, right? Oh, goodness. Or we're going to discuss it or whatever. This is kind of a long one, so hang in there, everybody. I recently became engaged, and I'm already having issues with my soon-to-be mother-in-law. Hmm, mother-in-law. My fiancé's mother has a routine of letting herself into my fiancé's home while she thinks no one is home. She comes over to watch TV, eat, and sometimes do her laundry. Oddly, my fiancé's mother has all of these luxuries at her own home. I have recently moved into the home, and I do not know how to handle this invasion of my privacy. I am always wondering when she will show up, and she leaves the house a mess. Hmm. I want to change the locks, but my fiancé feels bad for his mother. Help. The, la- the lady put help. <clears throat> yes. This is, this is kind of bizarre. Well, it's a doozy and a difficult issue to be stuck in the middle of. Um, okay. There's definitely a lot of sides and a lot of things going on. And the first thing is sitting down with your fiancé. Right. You know, if this is going to be the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, we need to start learning about communication and being open and honest yeah and communicating you know i feel when she just shows up that this is an invasion of privacy i feel like we don't have our own space and maybe sitting times or days that you can spend with the the mother-in-law or the fiance can spend with his mother or that she can come over but having changing it a little bit and change takes some time so we're not going to go from zero right it's never going to happen in one in one swoop here but start stepping in that communication and saying, you know, if we're, as we're building our home and our family, you know, we don't, you know, this intrusion is difficult. Good point. Great point. So it's how the this lady presents it to her fiance. Don't you think? Yeah, uh, change uh, the lock. Uh, yeah. I mean, she says, I want to change the locks, but that's not going to work. And that's just putting someone on the defense. Yeah, now he feels like work. he has to defend his mother. Right. But oh, when yeah. we talk about, okay. This is our house. And what do we want our family to look like and our home to look like? And just sharing heart, honestly, without attacking. Sure. And let's think of some ways that we can still be supportive of your mother because it's not to leave her out or make her feel alone. It sounds like he, you know, doesn't want to leave her alone. Um, But there is a way to get that privacy and those boundaries in our own home. Exactly. It's interesting that the mother just does that, you know, just walks in and of course she thinks they're not home, but just, but leaving the house a mess. Do you want to address that? Because I find that kind of bizarre. Well, it is kind of bizarre. Um, may they've had this kind of relationship for who knows how long, because we don't know how old these people are, but sure, right. you know, it's a mother, it's her adult son, you right. know, she kind of, sometimes parents feel like they have extra freedoms and liberties when it comes to their kids, sure. even when they're, you know, grown. And obviously he hadn't had a problem with this. No, so, because obviously he never did anything about it. Right. So yeah. he was okay with this. It didn't bother him. Maybe he enjoyed mom coming in just knowing she had been there. I, we don't know. But the end of the day is now we're changing that life structure and we're adding someone else and we have to protect our home and our family is, you know, a married couple. And that that's, the family, but we can still support mom and mother-in-law and do activities with her and not let her feel alone or whatever is going on right. without having to have her intrude our privacy and show up exactly. and do what she wants. I like something you said earlier. It's a, it's a concept we've used many times on this show, and it's the girl saying to her fiancé, when this happens, I feel. Do you want to, instead of, 
instead of just being angry, just really explaining her own feelings, right? And it's really sharing the heart. You know, yeah. if we're going to come at this in anger, he's going to get defensive right. because that's what happens. And we feel like we have to defend our family of origin when we're feeling attacked. Right. But if we come out and just honestly lay out, this is how I am feeling. This is what yeah. this makes me feel like. This is what can we do? How can, Let's bring it to the table. Now it's not, I'm not attacking you. There's no reason for defensiveness. Now it's a problem. And it's our first big problem to resolve as a live-in <laughs> couple. Right. And, you know, there's going to be many, many down the road. And so we got to learn to start communicating instead of holding it in, blowing up, being on the attack, growing resentful. That's a very bad pattern. So right. if this couple can start learning to navigate some of these, and mother-in-law intrusions is a classic oh, age-old yeah. yeah. struggle for married couples. Um, then they're on their way to developing that happy, healthy relationship. Yeah, there you go. I think that's a great answer. Let's go on to question two. All right. How do you handle nosy coworkers? I am feeling like they are up in my business, and I don't like it. I don't want to be rude, but I want my business to stay private. You know what? I think in today's workplace, there's so many people that work in those little cubicles and great big rooms and so forth. And maybe that's the scenario here. We really don't know. But it would be hard to have private conversations or whatever in an environment, in a lot of the work environments of today. Well, there's a lot of things that kind of take strikes against us keeping our personal life personal. Uh, One thing a lot of coworkers friend on social media, their coworkers. And so now they're getting glimpses into their private life. That's right. We're putting it out there and sure. everyone in the office gets to see it. Yeah. And so some of the things we can do is first of all, don't do that. Don't friend, <laughs> don't friend coworkers on social yeah, media. Quit doing that. Yeah. Don't do that. You know, and it's okay to not discuss personal things at work. Right. You know, but so many people really do that, don't they? They do. Yeah. I mean, it's a common problem. It is. And, you know, and they're just those sometimes you work with coworkers that are just up in your business and want to know and need to know. And that's about you having your own division of boundaries here. You know, work is professional. You know, in my office, I like professional boundaries. Personally, I don't have pictures of my children in my office. Right. Um, Does it mean it's a secret I have children? No. But there aren't pictures of my family and what I do. And those Mm -hmm. stay at home. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I've created some of those divisions and that does help with keeping professional, professional, and personal, personal. Right. And so just learning to kind of start dividing it. So if we don't want our personal business at work. We don't want to really share a lot of our personal things with people. Right. You know, those lunchroom, break room conversations, we need to kind of be more guarded with what we're sharing, keep them more generalized. I think that's excellent advice because I know a lot of times people feel like they then, if you talk about your problem, let's say at work with your husband or whatever, then people feel like they have a right to speak into that situation and advise you. And and a lot of times it just get, it just goes bad. Or it becomes idle office gossip and exactly. everyone's talking about, oh, well, you don't believe what such and such is doing. And yeah, yeah, this is a this is a very important question. So how do you handle nosy coworkers? You shut your own mouth, right? Well, yes, we have to <laughs> shut our mouth. We have to kind of distance ourselves. We're not putting them on our social media or inviting them into our personal worlds like that. Not really hanging out with them after office hours. Like, right. Keep your friends, your friends and your coworkers, your coworkers and that division good will help devi- with good that. advice good advice okay let's go on to number three <clears throat> this one says i am a divorced 49 year old female who has finally decided to get on with my life i met a wonderful man two and a half years ago who wants a future with me the issue is my two sons who are in their 20s have returned to live with me in my home 
My boyfriend has mentioned because of this, we cannot move forward. I am torn. I love this man, but my kids come first. Do I put my happiness on the back burner and be a mom to my boys? I would never choose someone over my boys, but I also need to find my happiness with a partner caught in the middle, she calls herself. Wow. Hmm. Any thoughts, Mama? Uh, yeah, I really do. <laughs> okay. I, I think that we have a lot of families across America where grown kids are coming back to live at home. And I think that if they're doing that in their 20s and that kind of thing, they should definitely respect the fact that they're only there for a short time and not try to affect the life of the parents, you know, to that degree. And they probably have their own lives, these 20-year-olds, don't, don't they? Don't they have friends and social connections and jobs and whatever? But it's like she's giving them a whole lot of power. I see that, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Is that what you, you know, were thinking? And when you're, our children are in their 20s, we're really not parenting no. them. They're right. grown. They're grown. And we're providing a place for them to, to stay. And you're right, it's meant to be temporary. This isn't their stomping ground for life that's right and having those conversations with your your children you know i'm ready to date i'm ready to move on and make a more commitment in my relationship with you know my significant other and bringing them a part of that instead of separating it out just because you know i have my children living with me doesn't mean i can't move on with my own personal yeah. life we all should have the right to have a personal life well, there's got to be something here. This sentence, the bo my boyfriend has mentioned because of this, we cannot move forward. So evidently the, the young men are exerting a lot of control in the situation or mama won't let go. Or boyfriend doesn't want to move into a house with adult children. And Could be one of those three scenarios. And totally. either one, this is a conversation that needs to happen. Yeah, it you does. Know, and how long have the boys been there? What are their plans? Are they in college? Are they, do <laughs> yeah. they have a plan? Do they have a plan? Yeah. You're right. But each person should. We have four adults in this situation, and we should have the right to move into that relationship. And don't you think in a lot of these situations, communication is so essential. Instead of sitting there feeling caught in the middle, it's time to face it and bring it out on the table. Mm -hmm. and deal with the problems. Right, because it really seems like this person feels like I can have one or the other. Right. And yeah, that's what we, it sounds how like. How do we have both? Do I put my happiness on the back burner and be a mom to my boys? Well, you can still be a mom to your boys, listener. You can still be a mom and them not control your future. Absolutely. Right. And, and when you're happy, you're a better mom. Right. You that's have for more, sure. You're more available to your kids absolutely. when you're feeling content in your own personal oh, life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So sum it up there, doctor. What do you think? What do you? What should we say? Well, summation, this should be some conversations. And it should be conversations this mom should have with her adult children. This should be conversations that she's having with her significant other. And maybe conversations that they have as a group of four adults and, and working and learning to navigate this relationship moving forward in a little bit more serious of a way. Absolutely. So again, communication's the key and just lay it out there and not try to skirt around it, right? Not skirting around it, not trying to have to pick sides. You can integrate a significant relationship and still have a children and adult children. And, and also this whole thing about my children come first. Do you want to comment on that? Well, you know, <laughs> that can mean a lot of things. And, and, you know, our children should come first, but when our children are adults, 
there's a little bit different of what coming first means. You know, when they're kids and they're completely dependent on us for all their needs, that they have to have our attention. But yes. if we are dropping our life every time our kids call as adults, we're actually hurting them in the long run. Right. Because we're not letting them learn to be an adult and learn to grow. And supporting an adult child is a lot different than raising minor oh, yeah. children. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So maybe it's learning to put your children in more of their adult role and give them more of their responsibility of go. their life. Allow them to see that they're, yeah, Bobby just like that. He just did a ringer there on that one. Put them, allow them to be adults and, yeah, have their own life. Good. Yeah, because it's all too often, you know, adult children still live at home and mom's still doing laundry and still cooking uh, the that's, meals every you know, night. I gotta, don't you wonder if that's going on? I, I do. I wonder that. And so when we're doing that, we're really hurting them from becoming the men that's or women right. that they need to be. And there you go. And I realize in this day and age, a lot of kids do go back and live at home or stay longer than they normally do because of finances and economy and going to school and all that. But there's a balance. I think. Absolutely. There's a balance and learning to find that. Yeah. And communicate about it. Absolutely. Important. Number four, I'm about to have an empty nest. How do I make sure my marriage stays strong? Ooh, this is a big one. Even though it's a short question. It's a very short question, but it's a really big one and a really common struggle for a lot of people. In fact, divorce rates really spike at empty nest time. They do. I did they not do. know that. Yes, they do. And the reason we find that is that people have spent so much of their time and energy raising their kids and their family that they didn't know each other. They didn't cultivate right. that relationship. So now the kid's gone and what do we do? <laughs> yeah. They're looking at a stranger across the room from them. And so they usually, a lot of times, will part ways. That's a common time where we see divorce. I did and not so, realize that, but it makes total sense. Keeping your marriage strong is something you need to start today. And that is, do you have date time with your spouse? Yes, yes. Do you have quality alone time with your spouse? Are you having conversations about things other than your kids? Do you have future plans together? Right. What do you want to do when your child... Trips, et cetera. Trips, you know? whatever. What is it you want to do? Right. What does your next phase of life look like? And planning that and talking about that and cultivating that quality so relationship... Important will keep your marriage stronger. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, we're talking about communication right here. All, all of these so far really is I think about... that's our key tonight. It, it seems to be, if you go back over these questions so far, it's like instead of sitting there and suffering, let's talk, let's communicate, let's, let's put it out there on the table. That's what I'm... That's what I'm hearing so far. Absolutely. You know, and, and people love us. They should be able to, we should be able to communicate with each other. Right. You know, and for that first question with the um, mother-in-law, you know, if your fi fiancé can't hear your communication, maybe this is the flag that this is not the life you're going to want for the rest of your life. Right. And so communication is the key to yeah. getting through it. It's a good point. And it sometimes lets us know where we are and where we, where we do stand and where we don't want to stand, too. Right. And for those out there that are getting close to that empty nest time, start planning now even if you're not close to it i don't care if your kids are one and two you should still be cultivating that relationship absolutely absolutely okay great answers dr falzoni as usual if any of you want to weigh in on any of these you can text me again 727-888-4171 or you can call in and bobby will pass you on into here uh, into the studio. All right. Question number five. I am a 36 year old female. How do I tell my best friend that I am? Oh gosh. I am sleeping with her cousin that she considers a brother. Okay. My best friend's 
cousin. Okay, he's 10 years younger than us. I don't want to hurt her, but I'm not sure how long we can keep this a secret. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. I'm just curious why they felt they needed to keep it a secret in the first place. Okay. Is it the age? Is it the cousin the relationship? But the thing is, is we really can't have healthy relationships with secrets. No. It doesn't can't. happen. So right now this friendship has got a wedge caught right between mm-hmm. it because we sure. have this massive secret. No matter what that secret is, we really can't grow forward when we have secrets. And so having conversations, oh, back to communication. There we go. But it, this is definitely one to have that conversation on, you know, sharing First of all, with your best friend, what's going on? Absolutely. How are you feeling she about that? She must think that it's not going to be taken very well. Probably definitely fears that. And maybe it won't. Maybe it will. But if the secret and getting caught could ruin the friendship forever. Exactly. So 36. So he's probably about 26, 25. So she knows that this is going to meet with uh, disapproval with her friend, probably. Absolutely. But... Laying it out on the table and working through disapproval is a lot easier than someone feeling betrayed, lied to, exactly. you know, and all those really nasty negative feelings that come with when I found out you had a secret. We're best friends for real. And we couldn't talk about this. What kind of friends are we? What kind of person are you? Like all those questions kind of surface Absolutely. when we hold that secret. You will eventually get caught. Somebody's going to slip up or you're going to get seen somewhere or a picture's going to get posted. Because in this day and age, it's really yeah, hard, it's to, hard keep to, to keep a secret, especially so, yeah. of this magnitude. And so this is wow. where we have that conversation. Okay. And be Commun- honest. Communication. Tr- trust. Trust comes from truthfulness. Yes, it does. It does from honesty. All right, question number six. We're moving right along. We really are. are. I like them. I am a white male who attends college at a historical black college against my parents' wishes. Okay, that's interesting. First sentence. My parents can be very prejudiced. I am now dating and think I am in love with, I see this coming, a beautiful African-American girl. How do I tell my parents? Ooh, big one. Huge. You know, a lot of times this type of situation happens when a kid goes to college and they start meeting lots of different people and, you know, families have certain boundaries where they might want their child to date or to marry or what they should look like down to all kinds of careers, racial, like religions. There's all kinds of parameters families will put on their kids sometimes. And and really this goes back down to the big word communication doesn't it absolutely does and if this is really someone that you love or that you think you're in love with or that you're even dating this is being grown up enough to sit down and have that conversation with our parents you know they probably were quote-unquote concerned about this probably because it says that his parents did not want him to go to this black college however he still went he still went and probably had support from his parents somewhere because usually college kids don't have the money to go to college right okay. by themselves right okay so this is just a conversation and don't have that conversation bringing her home for the first time oh no please. no no do no. that in private do it in person this is one of those face-to-face moments absolutely please. don't make the phone call like this is one to sit down and share your heart and share what you've learned and share who you who this person is because people are so much deeper than race and they're so much deeper than, you know, all these outward things that we right. have and let your parents have an opportunity to hear how you really feel. 
Absolutely. And I think it's, yeah, it's very important what you said a minute ago. Don't take the girl home with you when you have this conversation. That's That could be a very, very difficult. That co- could go wrong could badly go for wrong. everybody very quickly. It's kind of like when the kids come, when a kid comes home to tell you that, you know, they, they're pregnant or they gotten someone pregnant and they bring the other person with them. And yeah. like, you know, this is a conversation <laughs> no. that everybody needs to take a deep breath and just share hearts. And this right. is where being mature is really important. If you're mature mm-hmm. enough to date, you should be mature enough to handle sharing who you're dating and those attributes that you love and how you really feel. So you're saying go to your parents, sit down without the girl present and talk and talk face to face. Come home from college for this. Be honest. Be honest. Now, if they are disapproving still, then that's something you get to work on with them. And, you know, in time, maybe that'll change. This is usually fueled by fear. Right. And so sometimes just not knowing enough information and helping them get some and work through some of that. Right. Um, maybe they will never work through that. And then you have other choices for your life. But being honest is really important. Absolutely. And before we go to the next question, we're going to a break. We got some great music. Hang with us. D- call a friend and ask him to join you listening to Go Yard tonight. Megan, an independent ambassador for Plexus, the pink drink. There is finally a healthy solution to help you lose weight. It's a most natural product that will burn fat, not muscle. People around the country are experiencing amazing results, and you can too. Check out my independent ambassador website for my contact info, testimonials, and product information at mkramer, K-R-A-M-E-R, dot myplexus, P-L-E-X-U-S, products, dot com. Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. What doesn't kill you makes you truth great music you and bobby picked tonight dr angel what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and even though these are difficult problems we're talking about tonight on our q a show and they are there's some really 
difficult situations we have already discussed and more coming up. Uh, and, and we appreciate our audience that sends things in. You know, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to be a part of the next Q&A show, you just... And, by the way, you can get a personal email from Dr. Angel, and that will help you with your situation, too. So just send an email to goyard2014 at gmail.com with your situation, and uh, we'll get it right, right out to you, a response from Dr. Angel. And we'll also talk about it on our next Q&A. Well, you know what I love about our Q&A shows, Mama Mac, is that this is, this is it. This is where... Our listeners are. This is the nitty gritty. This, this is, is the, real the life. dirt of life happening. Yeah, it is. You know, and I love that. I love that people um, can just share what's really going on, you know, and pass it through because Absolutely. you're not probably the only one in these no, situations. No, probably not at all. There's probably other people listening around the globe that say, I can relate to that. Right. Something in your story or something in your question they may be struggling with, you know, and so putting it out there gives an opportunity for a lot of people to benefit. And for the first half of this show, uh, the one big word that has come out of all of these questions is learn to communicate. And even though it's hard, even though it can be embarrassing, humiliating, difficult to admit things or to deal with things, it's better to do that than uh, than just make it worse by just dragging it on right dragging it on keeping it in the dark not really yeah. putting it out there and so these are tough things to live with so all right number seven my adult son recently introduced his new girlfriend to the family the problem is she's a cousin that he oh my gosh she is i remember reading this earlier she is a cousin that he does not know about do i tell him he is dating his cousin or do i let him just figure it out I don't want to invade or intrude in his privacy and telling him is going to come with a lot of questions that involve deep family secrets. Ooh. Ooh, this is a big one. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's funny because I've actually known, I had a patient one time who was engaged to a cousin and did not know it till the engagement party. Oh my gosh. Yes. And it definitely caused a lot of issues and problems for the this this couple. Obviously, they weren't able to get married. They were first cousins and had no idea. Wow. Yeah. So if your son is dating this person, you have to have the conversation. They you need to know. To. This yeah. is family. I mean, a lot of things can happen. Letting him figure it out isn't fair. What if they accidentally get pregnant? I mean, what if, you know, right. that's, that's just first cousin especially is way too close. Absolutely. And... You know, sitting down and you're going to have to open up the family secret vaults yeah, and have a conversation that may be very, very uncomfortable, but very needed and necessary. But again, isn't it better to face the situation than to let him find out some other way? Well, this, there is no going good on this situation. No, because it, it, that she says, do I tell him he's dating his cousin or do I let him just figure it out? How do you figure that out? You would not. That would not be something that would just come to your mind, would it? Probably not. And figuring it out may not be a great way to find out. Right. It could be someone else who tells them. Who knows how this person's going to feel when they find out they're dating their cousin? How long has this relationship gone on for? How deeply are, you know, the feelings that they have for each other? And so, yeah, if your son is dating a family Whoa. member that he does not know about, exists as a family member, you need to let him know. Yeah, it'd be much to better to do it. At least they're not engaged or anything like that. It just says that they're, they're dating. dating. And you know what? Uh, opening family vaults, I understand, can be very challenging and very shameful. 
but the problem is if they don't talk about it, they they risk the chance of of so much worse happening. And then the, it will come out that they knew and didn't say anything, right? And then, and then your child's going to feel betrayed and lied exactly. to. And all these, back to some of those other things we're talking about, secrets. We shouldn't be having secrets with our really close primary relationships. If we value that relationship. That secret is only going to cause damage later it does. on. It certainly does. Okay. Wow. That's question number seven. We're coming right, right along here. Question number eight. I attend a small church and love attending there. Recently, a man has been sitting close to me and tries to talk to me. So this is a woman writing this, I assume. I was friendly with him at first. Then he started getting weird. I moved seats, and then he moved near me. It seems everywhere I go, he is there. Yeah, I feel like he is stalking me. I would say yeah to that. It makes me uncomfortable. I shouldn't feel uncomfortable at church. How do I handle this man's stalking behavior at church? Dr. Angel. I'm going to let you handle this one, Mama Mac. You know what? I, I've <laughs> I'm known, sure you've handled this one many times. You know, I've known situations <laughs> like this. You know, and it's you would hope that human nature would just kind of get the get the point when she changes location where she sits multiple times. And probably she's not being overly friendly when he does approach her. You would think that human nature would say, oh, she's doesn't want anything to do with me. But stalkers are not like that. No, they are not. And I can feel really invasive yes. and scary when you're feeling like someone's kind of stalking you or following you, especially when you're not wanting them to. Again, she's got to confront it. Definitely. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of different ways to confront this. Okay, so. how, how do we confront this? Well, how does she confront it? Well, if we're looking at safety and security as being something that she's feeling right. this is unsafe, this might be an issue she needs to bring to a pastor or yeah, a leader yeah, in the church and let them know definitely. how she's feeling. Maybe they can have that conversation with the other That's person a good point. that can help her feel safe. Because if she's sharing that, I'm not feeling safe at church, you know, the leader should be there to help protect people when they can. Right. And so maybe just having those extra pair of eyes or having another member have that conversation, you That's know, a good man way to, to man or leader, you know what I'm saying, to parishioner yeah. may help make a difference without her feeling awkward because even her having that conversation may make her not want to come back to church. Well, yeah, of course. Or it could make that behavior get worse. Yeah. But when somebody else is telling you, yeah. Now you know other people kind of know, so you kind of right. maybe start watching and not doing it. Right. Um, and so I think this would definitely be a great situation to mm-hmm. take to a leader to the in the church the leader. and yeah. share what you're feeling, share what's happened, and then see what they can help you do to resolve. I like that. Getting it's a good answer. This under control because you should feel safe at church. Absolutely. And 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 what it's going to do is drive her out the door. And it just seems like wherever she moves, he moves. So if they have another service and she starts going to that one, it just seems like if he's really following her, it doesn't matter what move she's going to make. It's going to continue show if that's what he's doing. So let's just nip this and get it to the top and get some action handled on that. Very good. Very good. Good answer, as always. She's amazing, isn't she? (laughs) All right. Thank you, Bobby, for those little bell ringers. You're so good. Number nine, is it okay? Oh, this is a doozy. Is it okay to share details of your teen years, your partying, sex, drugs, etc., with your teenager? In other words, is it okay for mom to tell the daughter all the junk she did at that age? Well, you know what? This is a very common counseling question. I hear this often in counseling. 
And my advice is if you don't want your child to do it, don't tell them you did it. Aha. And that's what you tell people. I do tell them because once we open the door and say, yeah, I partied or I used drugs or I did this. And even if we're telling them this was a mistake and it hurt me, they're hearing mom did this or dad did this. That's the green light for me to go. That's the green light. And so what I talk to parents about is if we don't want our kids to do those things, we don't need to let them know. Let them think you were an angel. And then when they're an adult, that's different and going back and sharing really what was going on. But while they're going through it, this no. is not the time to disclose, no. you know, Pandora's box of what right. happened and what you've done. Their brains aren't developed enough well, to handle it. We know from statistics or from research that up until about age 24, kids are still very, very immature, right? Yeah, their brain is still developing. It's still developing. Therefore, uh, but it what this is saying to me under under the under the whole thing is that probably mom is wanting to relate to her daughter and make her feel you know i've had parents want to do it for numerous reasons okay, someday like yeah they yeah. wanted to let their kids know that they were cool at some point in their ah, life okay sometimes coolness they, the coolness cool factor. factor yeah sometimes there you go <laughs> sometimes they want to tell their kid because they want them to not make those mistakes and they're right. trying to save them from trouble but it doesn't matter the reason as soon as you start letting them know the bad things you've done you've given them the green light to do bad things because now well how can you get on me you did this when you were a teenager and there's nothing wrong with having quote unquote uh secrets of this nature that you don't divulge everything you ever did as a kid there's nothing wrong with that and you don't even have to lie about it you can just say say, we're not discussing we're not talking about it yeah it's not a discussion where is it written that you have to have full disclosure to your children about what you ever did you know and it's actually you know kids you know do what we do not what we say and so if you're a parent who did have some wild teen years and you've you know you're grown and you're mature and you've learned the errors of your ways opening that door to your kid who is not mature has not grown you've just showed them this is what you can do because i did it even if those aren't your words they're not hearing your words they're hearing oh mom went to a party and got drunk or mom was having or dad was doing whatever fill in the blank we're opening a door and that we don't want to open. Exactly. So if we don't want our kids to do those things, we need to not let them think we did those things. That's exactly right. Great answer. I agree. Number 10. My fiance, my fiance and I are getting married this year. We are starting to create a budget in order to plan for our future and future family. Good idea. Our goal is to change some of our spending habits in order to save money for our future. Do you have any advice about financial planning and ways to cut back on spending? I think this is an interesting question. I'm going to go kudos to this question. Yeah. Because just the thought that you're thinking about this. Yeah, isn't that great? That's really amazing. Yes, because so many kids or young, well, we assume they're younger. I imagine they are. They're starting to create a budget. This is not common for young kids to, to do. To think about finances. In fact, a lot of times when people are getting married, they're throwing finances out the window and trying to afford everything they can afford because they need this fairy tale, you yeah. know, wedding Weddings and event. Weddings these days life. are way too expensive. Yes. So, yes, I do have advice about some financial planning. Uh, first, look at what you're bringing in in your income. Okay. Look at what your bills are. So get a full picture of where we are. Do we have credit card debt? Do we what what are necessary to live and breathe and, and live in your house? You know, so right. our utilities are necessary. And then you might want to cut back some things that might be extra. So are we eating out a lot? 
Maybe we bring our lunch to work. Maybe we don't have cable. Maybe we just stream TV off the internet and save some of that bill. Maybe we cut down on entertainment because we're, you know, going to the movies, you know, multiple times. Find the extras and don't get rid yes. of them. Cut them down. Cut you know, them down. if you're going to Starbucks every day for your coffee, right. what about, you know, the gas station that has it for a dollar? Right. You can exactly. still have your coffee, but have it a little less expensive. And it's just looking on those luxury items. Right. What can we reduce or not have to have? Exactly. And then take your credit card debt if you have it and make a plan on actually getting it paid off. So make double, triple, quadruple those minimum payments and make a payoff plan. Don't keep using them while you're trying to pay them off. Leave them in the safe in the house because if you have them in your wallet, you're going to be more tempted to use it when you have that. Oh, I want that new dress or I need that new book. And, you know, so it's just learning to minimize some of those luxuries. Absolutely. Good. Good answer. Financial guru dr rangel all right (laughs) okay uh number 11 before we got married my husband and i planned to have two children our child is now three years old and i am a stay-at-home mom i am feeling like i do not want another child i like having one child she is getting old enough for me to start working part-time how do i tell my husband that i don't want any more children am i being selfish Well, I'm going to answer, I don't believe you're being selfish. Okay. Do you have any thoughts on this? Boy, this is a tough one. It is a tough one because, you know, when you sit down and you start planning your life with your significant others and one has this dream and one had this dream and now this one's changed, it kind of feels like, you know, a bait and switch a little bit. Yes. But the reality of what two children may look like may not be what they were expecting it to be, at least this mom is not expecting it to be the way it's turned out. It may be, you know, it could be a financial thing. It could be a time management thing. It could be maybe she just has the energy to keep up and take care of what one One. child needs. And the thought of doubling that might overwhelm her. And so this is communication. Communication. This is, this whole show seems to be communication. This sentence, how do I tell my husband that I don't want any more children? Sounds like she's made up her mind. I don't know if you should, if she should approach it with a definite closed-minded. No, I don't believe that either. And I think this is... Because things change, they do. you know? And in three, four years when that child's yeah. a lot more independent, you know, baby you fever might then. happen. Exactly. Right. And so, you know, discussing this with your husband and saying how you feel, how does this impact right. our life? How, you know, what's, what's our quality of life? What can we do? Can we wait longer? Maybe we could revisit this in a year. Maybe yeah, we could revisit exactly. this in two years. I'd hate to see it be just... A cut, cut and dry. Yeah, cut we, and dry. We have to be able to, when we're in a relationship, we need to have some flexibility. It's not all about me. Right. It's not being selfish to only want one kid. It is being selfish to make the decision for two people. That's exactly right. Good answer there. Is she being selfish if she forces this decision on her husband? But if it's husband? something that we talk about and we communicate yes. about, and then we start saying, oh, maybe you're right. I didn't realize this is, you know, taking this time or we won't get to have our time together if we have another child and I don't want to lose our relationship, then maybe now we're making a decision together. And right. decisions in, inside significant relationships, we need to bring it to the table and leave room for flexibility and leave room for both parties to be a Are part of Are you saying they need to communicate on an honest level? Yeah. There exactly. we go. Bobby's on the bell, the bell tonight. All right. Absolutely. But that's what all that's interesting. But you can't communicate dictating what the outcome has to be. No. 
And guys, we didn't plan this. This is what just, just came, came in. Total roll <laughs> but, of the dice. <laughs> but you know what? It does sound like a lot of people are reticent to really talk honestly with their whoever it is, their husband, their wife, their boss, whoever, their friend. That's what I'm hearing in so many of these questions, aren't you? Yeah, they're it's having that a hard time. fear of losing that relationship or fear of being totally honest. The fear of what the other person's reaction is going to be right. or their disapproval. And that fear is really holding back and hurting our relationships. Yeah. Woo, number 12. Is it possible to stay friends with an ex? Or is it better to cut off all contact and move on? Mm. I hear that one a lot. You hear that That's one a lot? a pretty common question. Mm-hmm. It is. What do you think? Personally, I, I I think that friendship is a wonderful thing. And when you have memories and, and years with someone, it would be nice to be able to have, for instance, my ex-husband and I have kids together and grandkids together, but we really don't have any relationship. Friendship. Friendship. We do not. Uh, and and I know sometimes I wonder if it would be great if we could discuss some of that, you know, in the, and ke- had kept a friendship, but we don't have that. So from my perspective, um, I, I, I would think it would be good to, to work on a friendship, but with certain parameters, of course. What's your take on it, doctor? You're the expert. <laughs> no, I love hearing what you had to say. And, you know, it's not just a cut and dry answer. Um, I'm going to ask you, why, why do you want this friendship? Mm, yeah. What, what's the purpose behind this? Is it I'm trying to stay friends so I can wiggle my way back into a relationship right, yeah. or I haven't let go yet? Mm-hmm. Or was this we had a great friendship, we tried the dating thing, it didn't work, and I don't want to lose mm-hmm. our primary friendship. Right. But no matter how we do it, it had to have to have very good boundaries yeah. around that. Right. Maybe a time break even. Exactly. I was just getting ready to say that sometimes after a breakup, especially if it's been a a hurtful one, there has to be time apart, I think. Absolutely. And you're going to have to disclose this to any future people that you date with. Right. Because that person may not be comfortable with this friendship. Right. Because it may make them, you know, question your relationship Uh, or have you moved on. And so it can be a problem. It can be a big problem. And so... I'm not going to tell you to never have a friendship with your ex, but I'm going to tell you why, why do you want that friendship with your ex? That's a good question. There you go. And if you haven't let go, no, you need to let go. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I totally agree. Okay. I'm going to give him the frozen song. Let it go. Let it go. (laughs) We play that a lot on this show. We do. Let it go. (laughs) All right. Number 13. I am middle-aged and newly divorced. I don't want to spend my life alone, but those dating sites seem so intimidating. I have heard so many horror stories about scams and weird people on them. It seems this is how everyone I know is trying to date. How can I meet a life partner without using dating sites? This has become a big cultural issue, and especially, it it doesn't say how old this person is, but individuals who are like in their 30s, 40s, and 50s who have become back on the market, so to speak, are really struggling because the culture was not like that when they originally were in their primary relationship. And so you can meet life partners without dating sites. And yes, there are a lot of scams and weird things that go on on dating sites. Exactly. but there are a lot of people who also can meet good relationships on them, too. And so I'm not throwing them out, but I'm saying if that's not what you're comfortable with, then don't use them. Right. Go back to good old-fashioned, how do you meet people? Do the things you love to do. 
If you enjoy doing a sport, join a club, get into social groups, get into church groups, whatever is important to you. Don't just do a group to meet someone. Do the things you like to do. And, and then when then you, meet, you someone, meet someone, you have something in common. I know right. a lot of people who've kind of faked an activity to kind of get in and then they met the person and they hated the activity. And that's and not that's fair not, either. That's not good either because then it gives an appearance that you like that, whatever that Be is. Be true to you and right. just get out there. Put yourself out in your environment doing the things you like to do. There's so many, you know, like YMCAs and social clubs and church clubs and all kinds of things that you can get into to do whatever it is you like to do and go do it and try some new things and meet some people. Right. And it is the culture right now. A lot of people do meet their life partners online. And a caution about that is that so many people are not honest. They present a picture of who they are or what they're interested in just to get a date. Right. Well, they do it online. They do it in person. I've seen so many people, you know, Fake like I liked, you know, skiing, you know, went on all these ski trips and then they met this person and they never wanted to ski again because they hated it. And right. it's it not fair either. It's not fair to you or anybody else. Have you seen those new ads where the woman walks in the restaurant, sits down and she says, uh, in case this doesn't go well, I already have another date later yes. this evening. Have you seen that, Bobby? Yes, I have. I love that. You <laughs> know, funny. he goes, yeah, me too. Uh, oh, and by the way, my mom's my best friend, you know. <laughs> yeah. and they're just that- laying it out. <laughs> and there's another one like where they're. They, there's a car or a taxi or something, yeah. and there's the same kind of conversation. Yeah, yeah. I guess, uh, yeah. guess we're never going to see each other again, right? No, we're no, not. No, we're not. See ya. <laughs> that's the truth. The thing but, is. But that's honesty instead of a, being some trying to pretend to be somebody you're not. Right. Be who you are. Be who you are. Figure out what you like. Go put yourself out there in your community, finding activities with people, doing the things you enjoy doing. If it's right. reading, join a book club. If it's, you know, running, go run races. Whatever it is you enjoy, you will meet either friends or maybe someone to date. But it, it's, it's a good, healthy thing to do. I love that. Okay, good answer. Let's get another couple in. We've only got a couple more minutes. My 12-year-old daughter has stated that she does not want to attend church anymore. We've gone to church as a family for her whole life. Should we force her to continue going to church with us? This is not an uncommon age for kids to say, I'm not going. Absolutely. In fact, I've heard this question many times in the Rama mm-hmm. therapy as so well. I, so I at church. So Mama Mac is a pastor. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting everyone know you're a pastor. Oh, gosh. Well, I think there needs to be communication. <laughs> about what are the benefits of you going to church? What is happening? It's not just because dad and I want to force you to do something that is boring to you. What could you possibly be learning? What could, you know, what could, how can the going to church with us as a family make you a better person? What are, what are we trying to do? You know, trying to get them to understand what's going on deeper than just making them go do something that they don't want to do. I hear you. Go ahead. Very much. Um, I'm not sure where I do, and I'm really not sure where a 12 year old kind of thinks that they have the autonomy, right? That's pretty bad. Decide I'm doing a family, whatever this family activity is, this happens to be church, but it could be other events to not participate. 12 year old thinks they have that kind of power. Absolutely. That's a concerning thing for me because a 12 year old, you know what? I always gave my kids a line. I pay, I say, I pay the bills. I I say what we do when you pay, guess what? You get to say. (laughs) 
<laughs> that kind of puts out a lot of fires. And it does. the truth is, if this is an activity that's important to your family, this child is a member of your family. And right. as a member of my family, while you live in our roof, this is what we do. This that's is right. not an option. This is not a choice. This is not. And that's how you handle it. And I think that's great because your boys have learned that what mama says goes. True. But if we start letting her think that, oh, I don't have to go to, you know, do this family activity because I don't want to. It's boring. Right. What comes next? I, I, I don't totally want to do agree. chores. I don't want to go to school. No, I, I agree that they should be made to go. I definitely do. My kids, when I was pastoring years ago and they were little, I mean, they even had places they had to sit in the congregation. My six-year-old had to sit right in front of me because he was always causing trouble with other kids. So he knew he had to sit right there in front of me. On the front row. There you go. You know, <laughs> you you can't make them, you know, we can't really make them totally participate, but we they we can sure. have them be respectful they and they're going to be in That's attendance. Right. And then when you move out and you're paying your bills, you get to decide if this is an important Woo! activity to you. I think that's a great one to end on. In other words, don't give the kids the power that they don't need at that age. This has been a wonderful show, Dr. Angel. We still have more questions we didn't get to. And audience, we do want you to send them in. Goyard2014 at gmail.com. And you can catch this show again at 12 noon, starcomradionetwork.com, Saturday and Sunday. Our website, Goyard. 2014.org O-R-G. Go there and you can get catch a lot of our old shows or the podcast right here on TantalkNetwork.com. This show will be up on podcast tonight, probably. So you can hear it again. So to all of our audience, we are grateful that you listen and that you support this show now two and a half years in. We have a blast doing it. Yes, we do. Final thought? Final thoughts, communicate. Oh, that's communicate. it. That's it right there. Ring that bell. Ring that bell. Communicate. This has been Dr. Angel and Mama Mac bringing you Go Yard, the life coaching show. See you next week live right here. Good night. T-A-N, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3.